what's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell on this Tuesday. My man Raja's back in the building. Yes, sir. Raj, you don't know. We got a big show. NBA kicks off. We're going to do the NBA preview. Shaq put Dame in a body bag. I'm here for that. I can't wait to uh, break that down later in the show. And there's a new bill in the state of California, which is going to change things up majorly in college athletics. We'll tell you what that means. But before we get to Monday Night Football, I got I got a little talking to from Joey, our producer. Really? Yeah, he said, you know when you do those fun little bits at the top of the show? He said, cut it out. Yeah, I mean, I thought right. it was our show, but he Whoa. said he because oh, I like I to have a little Whoa. fun. I will say, <laughs> I didn't say the logo actually has I, a K in yeah, it. I didn't say cut. <laughs> no I, didn't say cut I didn't say cut anything out. I said the flow of the show is impacted by how long we go with the opening story. Okay. <laughs> That's your. That is your job. I'll give okay. it. That All is right. your job. All right. All right. So we'll go all business. Here all we right. go. Monday <laughs> night football. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on, Mon- on Monday night football because the game was garbage. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad game. The Steelers get the win, twenty-seven to three. Mason Rudolph looked pretty good. I think he's an adequate backup. I don't think. He's shown enough yet to all of a sudden say, hey, the end of Ben Roethlisberger is here, who was on the sideline in the big old brace. That thing was big. Like, that looked like a major procedure yes. that he had done on his elbow. Um, My takeaway from that game, two things. One, I think Ryan Finley is going to be the starter on that team before long. That is the quarterback at MNC State. I liked him. I believe he was a fourth-round pick uh, in the NFL draft. I just think Andy Dalton's time is kind of gone. They need to freshen up. Uh, they're paying him a lot of money. I just think he's stagnant. I think he's the most boring quarterback in the NFL, which can be okay if you're on a really good team with a lot of players around you. Right. He is not. And then I think they just need to kind of re- hit the reset button at the quarterback position. The other thing I noticed, remember we were doing the Sean McVay tree. Everybody was like, if you, if you knew Sean McVay, you were going to get hired. Right, correct. I thought that was going to be problematic. And I saw what you saw from last night from Zach Taylor was exactly that. I went back and looked because just was curious because he looks like he's 14. Right. Um, he's not. He's older than that. Uh, he is 36. Still young. But do you realize just four years ago, he was the Miami Dolphins uh, quarterback coach, right? That's a position coach. It happens sure. a lot. So you're like, okay. Just two years ago, he was the Los Angeles Rams assistant wide receivers coach. I can't even tell you. What that position is? He was it did an not assistant ex- to the wide receivers yeah, coach. Not even the wide receivers coach. It was Dwight Schrute. Exactly. He was assistant <laughs> to the assistant. Like it, he was Dwight Schrute right. in that position. Now he was the quarterbacks coach last year with the Rams. Okay. Again, but a quarterbacks coach is not calling plays. Sean McVay is the genius. Just because you worked for him and you know the playbook doesn't mean you're going to instantly have this offensive mind. Sean McVay is gifted. He is talented. He has a uncanny ability to find the matchups to make the adjustments in game all these other guys that they thought would it's going to be a struggle because they're not Sean McVay that's what drove me nuts when everybody's like oh who's the next Sean McVay guy just because he was on the staff doesn't make it to home run and I know it's early look I don't want anybody to fail but man it looks like they made a mistake with uh Zach Taylor there well you, you know like professional sports leagues it's always keeping up with the joneses like whatever the hot whatever the hot trend is but it's so dumb sometimes yeah and there's a reason you know like guys were lifers as assistants uh back in the day before they got head coaching jobs because it kind of you know it, it allowed you to really evaluate and sift through the who can versus the who can't so when you start just hiring guys off of three years of of uh position coach there are going to be some that wind up being good head coaches but i'd say the majority of those probably don't wind up being great head coaches just because you haven't been groomed you don't have the experiences right you haven't had enough time with that you know andy reed or that bill belichick or that you know even sean mcveigh to really soak in all of that knowledge and all of the experience that they have um, as far as the quarterback position goes in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. I think this is a, Andy Dalton isn't bad. Like he's not, 
playing terribly, Danny, but they are a terrible team right now with what 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 like right now doesn't look like a great coach. And so that's a franchise really going nowhere. So, you know, even if he was playing really good, you've got you know, a franchise and a quarterback whose windows just don't align anymore. No. So for whatever reason, I kind of agree with you. Like, not this isn't a reflection on Andy Dalton. Right. Like, they just don't need you, man. Like, right. they're not going anywhere, so you might as well roll out and see what you got in Ryan Finley. And I was left with the feeling that Ben Roethlisberger was sitting over there like, we're straight. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> He's not the guy. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, Mason, Mason's all right. Yeah. Just good enough to hold me down right. until I get back, and then I get my job back. I don't know if he's going to come back, though. He says he will. I mean, I, I actually, I should probably reframe that. I think he does come back. Yeah. I don't know how good it's going to be. He's getting older. He's getting 38, 39, and I don't think he's going to age well, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I think he's going to hit that wall fast, and this is his throwing elbow. I I, I you, don't know. How you you may be right. Like, you may remember that. You may very well be right. I just think that they're not – he's – Mason Rudolph isn't going to put – and, I, I, man, he comes out the next few games and they open up that – he's throwing three-yard balls, dude. Right, like, right. They're, and their guys are wide open. Like, you're running wildcat. Like, yeah. that's – you're saying something about your quarterback to me. Yes. Um, But if I don't feel like his play this year is going to put Pittsburgh in the position that, that Carolina may be in. Exactly. Where you're like, hey, man, do we need to move off of that? Right. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Ben might not be good when he comes back. He may be, but I don't think Mason's play is going to put them in a situation where they got to choose. Agreed. Uh, the other NFL news that came out from yesterday, a couple different stories. Vontez Burfecht, uh was suspended for the remainder of the season by the NFL. This is unprecedented for a situation like this where for his hit on Jack Doyle in the game, uh, this to me was a clearly, it was a harsh penalty, which I think was necessary for a player like Vontez Burfecht. I don't ever want to prevent players from going. I'm a believer in second chances, but when you've had... 13 offenses like this. You've been fined over half a million dollars and you still don't get it. You still don't get that this is a brotherhood, that we are looking out for each other and you're actually out there trying to injure guys and maim them. Like when you go for your neck and head area, that is as dangerous as it can get. I am totally okay. And I would be okay if the NFL said, we are going to suspend him indefinitely until he shows some remorse. The guy's going to appeal this. And I get that's part of the process. But he's never come out and said anything other than, hey, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be, which is the dirtiest player in the NFL. Um, I can agree and disagree. Um, like, I will agree that that was, that was a disgusting play. Like, you launched yourself at the guy. He was in one of the most vulnerable, vulnerable yes. positions, head down, like on a knee, and you speared him. Like, I, I support the, And plus, to your point, you've been fine and suspended 13 times. If you don't get the picture now, you've left me no choice. Like, I've got to suspend you. The NFL did the only thing that they could do, which was suspend him for the rest of the season. But if I'm him, I'm certainly appealing that. Like, my remorse isn't going to be displayed in accepting no paychecks this year. Like, I'm going to go to my union and say, hey, look, I don't care if you give me, you know, three games worth of a season or four games worth of a season, but this is unprecedented. Like, no one's ever been suspended a season. I ain't going to be the first. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm appealing it. And then I would... If I'm in the PA and I'm a player or a representative or the head of the Players Association, I'm telling him, hey, I'm not only... We're supposed to look out for all players. Oh, I pay dues, bro. I pay dues. No, your job is to protect me. I pay dues in that. No, you're not. You don't, nope. It is. Absolutely you are right. not. He will. They, they will have his back. I yes. just think there are times when you have to take a stand. Because you can't his support. His reputation is well deserved. If you're the Players Association, you'd be conflicted. I'm sure you would. Because yeah. you do have a, a, you know, more people to look out for. But what you can't have is the NFL saying, 
hey, look, we're going to set precedent here where if somebody crosses the line a few more times, we're suspending for the whole season. Right. Like, that's not in the player's interest, right? So the right. Players Association cannot sit there and be like, yep, cool. Suspend All right. How, for the season. how about we propose a new rule? We'll just set the round number at 10. <laughs> He's at 13. But if you have 10 offenses with illegal hits and new yeah. pet fines, then maybe we should start looking at suspension for the rest of the well, year. I support and then them doing it. it. Right. I support but the league doing it. There. But, but the league doing it and the NFLPA who, who serves Vontez Perfect, um, like supporting it and saying, Hey, yeah, we're just going to go quietly into that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that's not happening. I don't know if you saw it either when after he, uh, was ejected. He ran off the field and was laughing. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And man. waving at the fans, which, you know, he's just kind of an idiot. It's yeah. basically the bottom line. The other big hit that took place that was controversial was the hit on jo- uh, Josh Allen in the uh, Bills Patriots game. You had a lot of his teammates, Josh Allen's teammates saying, Hey, if that was number 12, Micah Hyde, if that was number 12, that player would have been ejected. I disagree. Okay. For a couple reasons. Well, actually, I don't disagree. I think if you would have had a player that would have had a violent hit like that on Tom Brady, the optics of it, he probably would have been ejected. But here's the thing. Tom Brady would have never put himself in that position where he's scrambling and leaving himself vulnerable. Yes. And Tom Brady was actually asked about the hit. And he said, quote, a lot of quarterbacks who do run, they're trying to make yards and it's great. At the same time, you're susceptible to big hits, whether it's flagged or not, or whether it's a penalty. A lot of the rules have been changed over the years. But from a quarterback standpoint, I feel like it's always best to try to be available to the team and it's trying to take risk reward and so forth. Nobody likes to see anybody get hurt out there. From my own experience, I try to do the best I can do to avoid any big shots like that. I'm sure players are rolling the, or people listening might be rolling their eyes saying, ah, it's just Tom Brady. It wasn't him. It wasn't uh, somebody on another team. But he's right. Uh, so here's the rule. The rules are designed to make it safer. You're more protected as a quarterback than in the history of the league. Slide, bro. Feed first. It, exactly. Just but here's the thing. All those rules which are designed to protect you, they go out the window like, once you start running. Yeah, you, come, you are a, you become ball a regular carrier. player. Yeah. So I agree with Tom Brady. You do need to go down. And this could have all been avoided had he slid feet first, given himself up. And then if a player comes up and spears you or attacks you, then he's out. Right. And it's a no, no brainer. But in this situation, I don't think it was a dirty hit. I think you saw a six, five, 260 pound quarterback taking on a defensive back and the defense back was like, I'm, I'm going to tackle him. I don't know what to do. It's, right. a, it's a runner coming at me. So I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um, quarterbacks, it, it will always bother me, but it is what it is, right? They, yeah. they, they, they drive the product. Um, being treated like they're not like everybody else, like we've had this conversation on air, right? Yep. But if you decide to waive your right to those protections, and that's what you do when you get outside that pocket and, exactly. and you run the ball, yep. and you're not like surrendering as a runner, no bets are off, my dude. You're treated like everybody else on the football field. Yep. And I am actually, I do think because it's Brady, I think the alarming nature of that's number that's the greatest of all time running. It's sort of like the NBA when you get star treatment, you get different fouls. That player probably is getting ejected if it's Tom Brady. But again, I don't think Tom Brady puts himself in that. Speaking of quarterbacks, he was knocked out of that game. Mm-hmm. You saw Matt Barkley come in in his place. So we have had forty different starting quarterbacks through four weeks of the NFL season. It is insane how they're Incredible. dropping like flies. Especially what I was just saying. The game is designed to protect quarterbacks now. And I honestly don't know the reason why. Uh, you can say, I, I have my hunches, like, cause they're training harder than ever before, mm-hmm. lifting weights, mm-hmm. you know, doing drills, agility drills. The fact that they're not doing full speed drills in the offseason at, you know, uh, OTAs, they're not allowed to hit. The fact that nobody plays in the preseason at all. 
I think probably contribute to it. So basically what you have is you're going from zero, which is no contact, don't touch them, yeah. to 100, 100 miles an hour in the span of one one or two games. Like yeah. we're getting into it. And I think that is a very big shock to the system where to play in the NFL, I think every position needs to kind of, you kind of like a boxer, they're like, you get calloused. That's why you spar with people. Your body kind of gets used to getting hit. Yeah. So that then when you're in a real boxing match, all of a sudden it's not such a shock to your system. I think you're seeing a lot of quarterbacks get a shock to the system going from zero to 100. Now, maybe it's just bad luck, and that's what we're seeing, like in the case of Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. But even when he's out of practice, he's not really ripping it the way he would in a game. And all of a sudden, he's finding himself trying to make these throws, and you see an elbow injury, and he's out for the year. That's my hunch, but I honestly, I don't know. And the NFL is probably looking into it, and maybe they'll find something else, but I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, I don't don't have an answer for it. I I tend to think it's more, you know, like, uh, you know, just – an unfortunate year for quarterbacks. Like they're probably positionally, you could look through, you know, the last 20 years and be like, wow, 1989 was a terrible year for running backs or yeah. 95 was an awful year for receivers. Like this might just be, you know, that quarterback's year. Cause the Drew, like a Drew Brady injury. Drew I mean, Brady? I mean, I'm sorry. Drew, a Drew, awesome uh, quarterback. <laughs> Drew Brady breeze, uh, hit in the, you know, like those yeah. things you can't really avoid. So there may be something to it. We've talked to it, talked about it before, but I, I think it's just kind of one of those things where coincidences are, are uh are what they are you know welcome back to canel and bell on this tuesday let's hit a little nba because last night i saw a video going viral of james harden and this new shot that he has unveiled his one-legged three-pointer and i'm like last night oh yeah so they were playing the shanghai sharks the right. rockets in a preseason game the first preseason of the nba season uh harden had a triple double but i didn't realize like i thought this was like maybe like a couple weeks ago, but here it is. All right, so have a look. Early, like early in the first quarter. All right, and he's done it. There is some video of him doing this in gyms in the off season. All right, so this is his new move that he has said he's going to unveil. He did it a couple pickup games at some of these runs around the off season. Here's my question for you: Do you think? And I saw this. It, was, it wasn't my original thought. I saw somebody else say it. Do you think that James Harden is doing this yes. so that he can have a new signature move? Yes. Or because it'll be effective. Yes, this seems like a move that it, like he feels like it's his gig now. It's his thing. It's his shtick to kind of like have a new signature move that we're going to unveil. Right. Um, it feels like that more than it does. I need a new weapon in my arsenal. Although right. the greats are always ever evolving their their arsenal, right? And so that particular shot, you didn't have to go back on one leg. You could have gotten that same shot off that he just shot in our clip. <laughs> right. Um, off of two feet into his regular step back or sidestep, whatever you want to call it. There would be a time where you would create exponentially more space by using the one leg fadeaway. Mm-hmm. I mean, fadeaways by their very nature make it much harder for a defender to get a hand up. So if there was a good enough defender to close the space on your original step back for two feet, if you were to go off a of one foot and keep pushing back, you would, you would gain a, a healthier advantage. I just don't know how many times you're going to need to use that. Um, and I don't know that he'll be able to unveil it enough to actually make it like the new signature move, oh. you know, of the NBA. Right. Raj, I thought the thing that was interesting watching it and actually seeing it in a game is that he's not going off of his back foot. He's going off of his dominant, like he's going off his, it's his left foot. He's going off his dominant leg. So he's not really affecting his form at all. He's just more, his momentum's going to the right. I'm not saying it can work a lot, no, but it, it might, it might, he might be able to hit some of those. No, 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 no. Look, I, I, again, I've, I had a, an out, a horse game with Eddie House that we played 
you know, every game, I've told the story before, every, every shoot around, we play a game of horse. That's my favorite shot to shoot. Like a running one legged three point shot fading away. Right. I've never used it in a game, but you can become very proficient hitting the shot. Mm. Um, so Joey, to your point, like, yeah, if you're, if, 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 you practice it enough. Like I, I hit that shot. So you think you, I mean, you think you could shoot thirty percent with that? Possibly, right? I just don't know that you need to. That's right. all I'm saying. Like I mean, there could be I don't know, you know, twenty possessions over the course of a season where James Harden may need to, an extra foot of space to get that shot up, and it could be effective thirty to thirty five percent of the time. I, you know, he's a great shooter. Um, I, you know, but I don't know that it's going to become like a heavy part of someone's arsenal. Yeah. The other, the other thing I was wondering, Raj, like if you watch it, we'll, we'll throw it up again here in a second, but like right. if you watch it the way he, he sidesteps almost, his right leg is sticking out pretty prominently. So what happens when someone closes out hard and hits that right leg? Is that a foul on him or is that a foul on them? Because he's not sticking his leg out in front of him. He's sticking it out like to the side if you watch it here. So he goes step back into a running fadeaway. But um, it is weird. His right leg does go out to the side. Uh, uh, no. Um, if you were to hit that right leg, then it's a foul on you as the defender because you've had to go through his personal landing space to get to that right leg. If you hit that left hip, that's a foul on you, right? Like, boom, step back, left foot, running away. Yeah, I. but he is, and I've said this before, he is the brilliance of James Harden, uh, amongst other things on the court, is his ability to find moves and techniques that put the ref in a really precarious situation, a really awkward spot as to what is the like black and white interpretation of that rule? Like, what is it supposed to mean? What's that gray area that I got to operate in as a like a subjective party here? And who do I give the benefit of the doubt to? And right. he he continues to push the envelope with that, and it's part of his brilliance, amongst again other things. All right, so I think it's going to be something that everybody's going to watch every time he he <clears throat> unveils it in a game. Everybody's going to go crazy. Well, like, you, oh, look you at saw this! His teammates, I, right? like, <laughs> they were going nuts. Right? Yeah. They were looking at it. So I think this is not going anywhere anytime soon. And I think he's going to try to see if it works. Um, the Lakers, one of the uh, uh, most popular teams in the NBA, of course, LeBron is there. They uh, add Anthony Davis, and there's been a lot of talk about, hey, what is this offense going to look like? It. LeBron talked about playing through Anthony Davis on that side the ball have a listen um you know first couple years in cleveland when i returned for the second time you know i wanted the the offense to go through Kyrie. um i just seen that the the talent the level of talent that he had and um i wanted him to be able to run the show um be able to put us in position um you know having the the basketball skills that Kyrie had and i mean if you can go through back to some of my transcripts i was talking like i believe that you know someday he could you know potentially be an mvp in our league i just seen how talented he was and um so yes i've done that before but we do know we all know how great anthony davis is and if we're not playing through anthony davis um while he's on the floor then um, it makes no sense to have him on the floor because he's that great. And, and it doesn't mean like every time down, you know, you know, we, we throw it to him and throw it to him and throw it to him, but we have the ability to do that. And, um, he's been very efficient in his career. Um, he commands double teams. And when you're able to attract two, uh, you know, defenders on one guy, then you have the numbers game. Now you got a four on three on the backside. So it opens up for, you know, for other guys on the floor, including myself. Um, first of all, can we address the elephant in the room here? <laughs> Where did his hair come from? <laughs> I love it though. This is yeah. even a shot. Like I've seen a lot of like, especially 
black men yeah. that try to get that hair back and try different procedures and it doesn't really work. Yeah. Right? My man has It is thick too. I didn't even know that. It looks good. I'm telling you, bro. I, did, I like, was not looking at that. Salute, brother. Like I I I Congrats. I, I would like to know how. Congrats. Yes, congrats. I can help um, you out. Let's uh <laughs> let's 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 get to what he said though. Yeah. Um I think that's a, you know, in terms of like seeing the game for what it is and the way it should be played, LeBron is as good as anyone who's ever done it. So I, I know that LeBron recognizes the benefit of having great players around him and being able to play to that through them to some degree. And I don't doubt um, that he wants to do it. Um, where some doubt begins to creep in is whether he can do it at the end of the day. Just because the same way he talks about marginalizing Anthony Davis's you know, skill set if he doesn't have the ball. I would make the argument that if you don't have the ball yourself, it kind of marginalizes you. Right. It takes away the best part of him as a player. So, you know, it's always a delicate balance when you've got LeBron and another really, really good player. And maybe as LeBron gets older, if LeBron realizes, and I'm not saying that he has, if LeBron realizes that there's been some slippage in terms of what he can physically do or physically carry in terms of the load of the team. Um, maybe he's more willing to part with some of the responsibility for running the team, but his brilliance, um, uh, you know, is, is not just the physical stature and the ability, um, to dunk on you or, or, I mean, it's the way he sees the game and is able to orchestrate things for his teammates. And so if he doesn't have the ball, you rarely get the best of LeBron. And that's the best way I can put it. So, Figuring that out is going to be a really interesting thing this year uh, in L.A. Uh, I don't want this to sound like a hot take. You tell me if you think I'm totally out of line here. Okay. I think LeBron's saying that because he thinks that's what people want to hear, including Anthony Davis. Because when I think of the greatest player of this generation, yep. you know, not Michael Jordan, but LeBron this generation, I think any team that he plays on, the offense is going to run through him. Now, obviously, Anthony Davis is going to be a massive part of that, but the centerpiece is still going to be LeBron. It's not like he's you know, handing it over and all of a sudden, it's just by nature of his position too. It's right. going to be, he's going to have the ball and the offense is going to run through him. Yes. Um, I, I think there's to some degree, there's some of that going on. Like this is the, this is what I should say. Um, but I do believe that he believes that. Right. And I, and I think he believed that in, in, in Cleveland as well. And with Kyrie, with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And I believe that he believed that in Miami also with Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosch. But what wound up happening in every one of those situations for the most part? <laughs> he was the center point of the office. He's the alpha. Exactly. And, and, you know, people typically fall in line. Now what happened? It was a unique situation kind of in, in Cleveland because Kyrie closed a lot of those games. So LeBron could kind of get out of the way and let Kyrie close sometimes. Um, and there may be a situation like that, um, that plays out in, in LA, but you know, AD isn't an on the ball, ball handling type of player like Kyrie is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like AD requires, you know, different type of setups. Now he can ISO, but he ain't going to bring it down the, the length of the court and just get into his stuff. So it's going to be an interesting experiment there in LA. But ultimately, I believe to get the best out of the Laker team and to get the best out of all of those skill sets, the one person who needs to have the ball in their hand is not AD. It, it's LeBron. He's the one that makes everything work. Mm. Is uh is AD the most talented player LeBron's ever played with? <laughs> I don't know. Um, look when you when you factor in size, skill set, um, you know ability to rebound, block shots, 
Yeah, maybe, but you're talking about D Wade is probably a top three two guard of all time, right? Like that's th- those are that's high praise. Um, Kyrie is as talented a guard um, as, as I've seen up close every day um, in a long time. AD, I would say probably on paper, you know, the most the most talented. But I've said this about AD before. Um, I, I have my reservations uh, about AD in in the captain's chair now. LeBron's in the captain's chair, and so maybe this is perfect for for AD. Like he can come in, and driving culture isn't necessarily on his shoulders, and making the plays that result in 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 the wins and the decisions that result in wins aren't necessarily you know on his shoulders, and he flourishes in that role. Same way it did with Kyrie. Same way he flourished. Correct. So it could be that, but when it when it like you know I tend to judge stuff on whether I can put the saddle on your back and you can carry me to like like healthy amounts of wins, and and some players. Just aren't built for that. But on paper, Joey, I will concede probably the most talented player that he's played with. The other team in L.A., the Clippers, uh, bring in Kawhi Leonard. And there was a lot of conversation last year was like, man, look at the Raptors. Look at the plan they had to keep him out 20 games, like yeah. keep him fresh. And everybody was kind of under the assumption that, hey, maybe this was going to be the new normal for Kawhi Leonard. But he put a stop to any of that talk when he talked about his health entering this season. Uh, it's different this season. Um uh... Last year, I was going in with the uh, with the injury that I was dealing with the year before. Uh, still was lingering, and we knew that I had to be uh, healthy going throughout the season and uh, making it to the playoffs. But um, you know, this year I'm feeling good. I'm feeling way better than I was um, at the start of last season. But there's, there's really no plan laid out yet to discuss with everyone. Yeah. So can I rephrase? Yeah. Needed to get the bag, dog. Needed to make <laughs> right. sure I was healthy <laughs> so I couldn't play every game last year. If we won a championship, also bonus, bonus, icing on the cake. I had to secure the bag, and for that reason, I had to make sure. That, but and he did have an injury. Oh, in fairness, like obviously he had the quad injury the year before. But right. um, dog, you gotta get that. You gotta get that paper. Yeah, and now that he's got the paper though. I am curious though. I don't love when he says we got to come up with a plan. Still, you know, because I do think that means. Hey, we're going to monitor. I'm not playing all 82. I don't think you should. Really? I don't think any NBA player should play all 82 games. Come on, man. How can you say that? The I type mean, of player you were too? No, I, I, I did play them. And, and, um, like Steph Curry said, what's your workload? He said, all 82, 48 minutes. I'm going. Like I, that's the plan I'm, going in. I'm fine with you saying that. I support that also. Um, but I don't think if you want to make sure that you give your championship team the best chance to win a championship, like if you deem that team as championship level, if you want to make sure they have the best chance, like one of the biggest like uh culprits of ruining the season is injury. And so 82 games is too much. Like you, it's it's too it's too much basketball. So I'm saying I would err on the side of shutting every great NBA player down if I had the cushion in the standings to do that. Yeah. I would shut them down at least, I don't know, seven, eight, nine games a season just to kind of make sure their bodies were fresh. And I don't think players or coaches care that much about home court. Like as long as they're in the playoffs and they, like you'll see a seven, eight. Certain teams seed. need home court. Yeah. Certain True. teams don't. Right. 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 And I, that's where I think they have the luxury of being able to do it. But see, if that's the case, if there are too many games, then why are we still playing 82? And let's dial it back. Cause if I was, this is just, if I was an owner and I was cutting a check for some guy for $30 million a year, I would say, you know what? If you want the night off, no problem, but I'm not paying you for that night. You have vacation time no, built in. No, you wouldn't. Not if not if they won you a championship. Yeah, because they got a lot of extra they got money. you to the Western or Eastern Conference Finals. 
it would it would be worth the investment. Now that's why I said if you have a championship level team, right? In your estimation, if you are a team rolling out there going, I don't know, um, you know, twenty four and 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 I don't what's the math on that? Uh, fifty eight. Right. No, that's too many games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Twenty four and fifty eight. Yeah. Then no, your guys are going out there and play every night. I pay you to do that. But if Kawhi Leonard's hamstring or his quad are going to dictate whether or not you have a chance to win the championship. You wouldn't take that stance on on paying him every night. You'd want him healthy when it mattered. Yeah, I I don't know if I just I, I don't think I've heard this idea. I think I maybe just thought of this. I know the the number I've always wanted is sixty six games. I'm pretty sure it was like sixty six that we played the lockout year. What if we played sixty six games? We gave the playoff teams a break before the playoffs and made the rest of the teams play another tournament for the first pick in the draft. Boom. Oh, Look at that. He just came up that. with a solution on that one. Get rid of tanking. Right? Yeah. I love it. Um, I, you know, it's not going to happen. It's never, never going to happen. <laughs> right. Like, you've got but, it, but it doesn't hurt. The, the reason they say they won't do short, a shorter season is because of the TV revenue. But right. if you make those other teams play for the first pick, people are going to watch that. Totally agree. Yeah, but that completely restructures your TV situation when you've got a whole nother playoff format, right? Right. Isn't it? Like that changes the whole, the whole format. I love the idea, Joe. I think that, you know, I played 82 games, um, not every year, but excuse me, at the end of those, I, I, you know, needed a month and a half to just get my body to feeling where, you know, it could do it again. Like yeah. we'll talk. I'd work yeah. out, but my body just didn't feel like it could do it. And my back now, we talk off air is just, poop show yeah you know what i mean like it was worth it like but the body isn't made to play all those games in that condensed amount of time and so i think that you would see a much better product for every fan that would push back that's what you get paid to do i would then push back it's your money that you're spending watching me right yeah you'd probably get a better me if i played less games who's the greatest of all time michael jordan Uh, how many games did he play is it almost every season 82 i'm not mad at you like i i did it i dude i hear you but i'm telling you like that's a lot of games and there's a reason guys aren't just sitting in the nba because they're like yo dog i want the night off i think sometimes they do No, dude they're sitting because they say to someone hey look i'm way better if i'm fresh if i'm fresh and those people agree with them because if they didn't agree with them guess what they'd be playing they'd be playing yeah i i do agree with joey though the strike shortened season uh, was perfect. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, cause I, again, like to be full disclosure Except for me, cause I lost, <laughs> <laughs> I lost a third of my money. What are you talking about? I would say this, perfect. like it's October 1st and we're seeing preseason basketball. Yeah. I honestly probably won't be paying attention until December, you know, until Christmas, right. which is, I, that's exactly when they started, uh, that shortened season, which yeah. was perfect. Cause then you kind of, and I know they're getting a lot more play now and they'll get a lot more people paying attention to it. I'm a casual NBA fan, but I just think from the NBA standpoint, like it was perfect that year and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'll see if anybody else does, but I don't think it changes anytime soon because there's too much money. That's what it's all about. Welcome back to Canel and Bell on a Tuesday. Uh, last week we did a little bit on the Heisman Trophy. I feel like uh, I'm patting on myself on the back just a little bit uh, because last week I said Trevor Lawrence was not going to win the Heisman. Got a little bit of pushback from Clemson fans. Uh, I think you're. I mean, I, I think I'm right. Yeah, you pat myself on the back. Yeah, can they I'm check? I was check right. in with this <laughs> exactly. And it's not a knock. Like I look at him. I still think he's going to be a number one overall pick. Of course. But he's not going to win the Heisman this year. It's just, it's already gone. Like that, that ship has already sailed. He doesn't have the opportunity to kind of erase the start that he's had, throwing eight touchdowns, five interceptions. He has more interceptions this year than he had all of last year after just 
um, four games for the Clemson Tigers. So he's it's it's done. He's not winning it. Let's say this clearly and articulated. There is nothing that Trevor Lawrence can do to win the Heisman Trophy this year. No, nothing. Not at this point. Nope, he can't win it. Um, that being said, I still think he's going to be in two years the number one overall pick. I don't. I think he could be this type of numbers. He could have let's say twenty. 28 touchdowns and 12 picks, mm-hmm. you know, not the greatest year statistically. They've already seen what they want to see, which is raw potential. They see a 6'5 who can run and has a cannon. They're like, I don't care. I mean, he's, it's kind of his career so far on the field is playing out very similar to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston comes in as freshman, has an awesome year, takes Florida State to the national championship game, uh, you know, wins the Heisman, looks awesome. And then the next year kind of just tries to do too much, gets a little bit stuck in some progression, throws a lot of interceptions. Steam still wins. Right. It's kind of ugly. Then they get bounced from the playoff. Then he goes off and gets drafted another one. I could see that type of situation unfold. Uh, Sam Darnold was similar. Had a first year starting at SC. Was awesome. Everybody's salivating over him. Comes back. Not the best year. A lot of turnovers. They're going to see talent, and they're still going to get taken number one and over. Um, one. Uh, like Daniel Jones? Yeah, like he didn't have a great career. At, no, not at all. I mean, over like he never even had correct. the Heisman Trophy winning national championship year. Correct. They'll find you. Yeah, correct, Jake. I mean, uh, what's get Josh Allen? Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like yep. they see a big strapping dude that checks all the boxes for them. Yep. You know, and you've had success. They're gonna come get you. Bro. They're gonna find him. Uh, but I do. So I don't think he wins the Heisman. Everybody else wants to give it to. There's basically five guys right now. Tua Tagovailoa is having a career year so far. He's setting all kind of records at Alabama. Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma, same deal, setting all kind of records. Joe Burrow, off setting all kind of records for LSU. Yeah. Justin Fields, like tearing it up for Ohio State. And Jonathan Taylor. I think that's where the list stops. I think if you want to throw a long shot at Sam Ellinger, it's worth at plus four thousand. I think that's worth a long shot. I don't think he wins it. So you know who like wins it? Who's on this list? Yeah, you're gonna say Tua. Nope. You're, oh, you think Joe Burrow's? Gonna- I think Joe Burrow's gonna win it because I think Tua. What's gonna hurt him is the same thing that hurt him last year. I think it's going to hurt Jalen Hurts. Uh, although Jalen, I still... Jalen's got some games left. He's got some games. Ultimately, these guys are going to have to play close games at some point. Yeah. Joe Burrow's already had a couple, and he's going to need a couple more. He's already had the best moment of the entire season when he was third and 17, and he throws a touchdown pass to seal the victory in Austin, on the road, national stage. Everybody's watching. I think Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. I do. I feel like he's on a track. He This offense, which we've never seen before historically in Baton Rouge, He's the leader of it. He's putting up monster numbers. And, of course, he's going to have his opportunity. But when he plays against Bama, Auburn, these other teams in the West, if he still produces, which I get is an if, but right. I think he does, I think he's going to end up winning the Heisman and surprising a lot of people. You want to hear my, like, fairy tale story? Yeah. Like, fairy tale for me. Like, this would be – I was sitting around. What? Like, if Jalen Hurts <laughs> yeah. were to win the Heisman yep. over Tua Tagovailoa. Yes, who he lost his job to. And Oh, Justin Fields? No, beat oh. him. Oh, okay. Oh, in the On playoffs. his way to a national championship. Ooh. I don't know that you write a story better than that. Like, I was sitting around watching him, getting ready for my son's game this weekend, and really pulling because the game was on, right? And I yeah. was watching him, and I was I felt myself, and I rarely attach, like, my emotions to a college player like yeah. that. And I was really like, man, get him some more yards. <laughs> Come on, coach. Let him throw the ball more. Like, ah, the, the, the tight end caught a touchdown, like caught what you thought was a touchdown pass and he didn't stretch it over the end zone. I'm like, damn it, bro. You got to stretch that out, bro. He needs a touchdown. Like, I was really invested with Jalen Hurts. And I don't know why because I don't know the brother. I don't know him. But I just feel myself pulling for that scenario to play itself out. He's 
easy to root for. I did meet him. I've interviewed him a couple times. He's awesome. Yeah. Like he really is. And the way he handled himself. Like I love that he's like for your boys, for my daughters, I could say, Hey, you know what? You guys are going to face adversity. Right. You're going to get benched. You're going to have struggles. That's how you want to handle them with class. You keep working, you right. put in your work, you know, you you've graduate, you support your old team while you're still there. Yeah. Then you leave and now you show them what's up. And that's what he's doing now. Now, well, I will say this, like two is a great dude too. You know, like they're both great really, kids. And I feel like I do feel like I would love to because I don't hate on Tua. Right. I, you know what I mean? Like I just really feel like I want that to happen. Oh, I would love to see it happen yeah. too. I would love to see them both go off and have like 400 yards game, like just going to shoot out, right. going toe to toe. Jalen Hurts is averaging 317 yards per game in the first half. He's not even like, I don't, I don't think my whole, I don't, I didn't grab, I didn't average over 300 yards in a year, like in a playing whole games. Right, right, right. So right. In, a ha- in his first halves that he's played, it's over 300 yards. That's Crazy. insane, the type of numbers. There also could be a situation uh, developing if things play out where Georgia with Jake Fromm, if they make the playoff and Justin Fields makes the playoff with Ohio oh, wow. State, he could be going against Jake Fromm, who he lost the job, couldn't beat out the job uh, in Georgia. That'd be a dope There are story multiple yeah. opportunities where you've seen transfer quarterbacks could be going toe-to-toe, so that'll be something fun to watch. Um, I did want to hit on the new bill that's been passed in the state of California, which is the Fair Pay to Play Act, which uh, if you watch the barbershop, Gavin Newsom, the governor of uh, California, signed on LeBron's show. Right. Unbelievable exposure for LeBron and the bill. It is a landscape shifting decision. Like, and I know it's not, it's going to take some time. It's not supposed to be enacted till 2023. The NCA has put out a response, but I do think this is a major, major shift and a major sh- uh, blow to the hardcore amateurism, you know, proponents, which I am not really. I just, I don't think student athletes should be employees, but that's not what this is. Right. This is kind of circumventing them. This is allowing another option, which I'm all about options. I'm all about getting the players as much as they can. My thing with if you made them employees, I would worry about the impact it could have on all student athletes that are on scholarships. This totally goes around. This says, nope, you are not employees. This is allowing you to make money off your likeness um, and go ahead and do it. And they're opening that up, which before you've never been allowed to do. This is not picking favorites, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's what universities would have to do um, to afford you know, paying a football player uh, more than he pays like the, the, the men's, I don't know, golf team. Right, or, or women's or women. soccer. Correct. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't want to get into that, but yes. Yeah. like This is basically saying we're in the real world here. So if he is more famous because of his talents and what he does on the football field, we're going to allow him to go out um, and reap the benefits of that. I I have the only concern I really have about this is we talk about the sticky waters of of um you know agents and people being around and trying to take advantage kids you know getting themselves in situations where they are attached to a guy for a long time because he gave them some 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 money right now and that bites him in the butt 10 years from now. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know that every kid is equipped to handle that, but ultimately I do side on if if you can get paid off of your likeness and 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 whatnot in college while everyone else is getting paid off of it, yep. why not? So I've evolved in a lot of my views on transferring. I used to be hardcore, don't transfer. Yeah. And then you kind of look at the landscape. You're like, all right, this isn't fair. I've evolved my views on this one um, to where ultimately I don't think it's going to be that much money, and I'm okay with that. Like I think that's good. I think there will be some players yeah. that will get m- pretty big in money. Be, they'll get big money. Parties. 
Yeah. Right at your yeah. local, you know, bars and clubs and stuff like that. You dealerships, you could sign. I'm just yep. thinking of really quick ways where for sure in town are going to get you and all the bo- like boost. What happens to boosters now? Boosters stop paying the school. They start playing paying players. Oh, they're going to go straight to the players. But it's already happening anyway. Like right. you're already seeing bag men who are paying players sure. and giving funneling them some money somehow. It's just going to be out in the open now. Right. What what what's kind of where I'm okay with this is we've seen. At Ohio State, we saw players suspended uh, for bowl games for selling their pants online. Sure. North Carolina. Getting tattoos. Like you're getting tattoos. Ta- free tattoos. Yeah. North Carolina had 13 players suspended for selling Jordans on eBay after the fact. Like, that's stupid to me. All for a couple hundred bucks that they made. So now they'll be able to do it. In, like, and that's not that big of a deal. In, in the next few years, in 2023, <clears throat> no other state has legalized this, right? How but they're already of, proposing bills. Like okay, but Florida is, how much of New an York advantage? Is. How much of an advantage is that for USC? Well, or for UCLA, when you could say like, "Hey, listen, bro, not yeah. only is USC going to be like, uh, you know, USC, yep, but no one else is going to be able to get you a hundred k. I guarantee you a hundred thousand dollars as a freshman starting quarterback walking in because I already got it hooked up. Yeah, and that could be a very real scenario. That scenario that you just unfolded will not happen. Here's why: because there are what are we three years, four years away? Yeah. Other states will never let this happen. So right. also, the, the disadvantage is that the NCAA has said, you know what? If you allow this players to be paid, you can't play in our championships. So you can't play for a Pac-12 championship. I know sort of thing. But no, <laughs> like you're saying, who cares? But I'm saying the school. Yeah. That's why I don't think it gets to that point. I think you're going to see everybody. I think every state's going to fall. Open to it up. It's going to be like marijuana or yeah. you know or gambling, where we've seen these kind of major issues kind of just go nationwide. I think that's what's going to end up happening. And so here's my take: like I think it would be disingenuous for me to sit up here and say this is going to ruin college athletics, the purity of the game. This is going to ruin the sport. But here's what bothers me: I also think it's been disingenuous when people have compared being a student athlete to slavery, which has been said, or when they say, "Hey, players are starving because they can't eat." Like I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, right. which is why I don't want to give misinformation the other way. I don't know. I ultimately don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Well, here then, you know, like I really don't. I, I don't either. But here's where this is another murky kind of situation. You're you're getting money, and this is. You know, you're getting money from a guy and he's, you know, greasing those palms and you're a good player. What happens when he comes in with the ask? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're a quarterback and he comes in with the, hey, man, Danny, I need a favor. Like, I know, I, I know, listen, I'm in you for like $175,000. I've helped you, you know, really take advantage of, of, of your marketability and stuff like that. I'm in a spot. I need a favor. Mm-hmm. Any way you could, any way you could like fumble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, you're introducing a, a, a lot more access to these kids when, when they can just get paid. Yeah. You know, that yep. would be the only thing I'd say. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot of things we just don't know, but it's happening. Right. You know, and we're going to have to figure it out on the way there yep. and see how it goes. It'll be something, the story that we'll be talking about for a long time. Uh, and it's definitely something, uh, that's a shifting college athletics as we know it for sure. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. To finish off the show, let's have some fun because Shaquille O'Neal uh, is one of the OGs, right? One of the original guys who dem- uh, dabbled in the rap game. Uh-huh. Was an entertainer, like the acting and everything. The Fushnickins, remember he had sure. the the, uh, the cuts with them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Dame Lillard is one of the new school guys who's mm. trying to be a rapper in his own right. So Dame Lillard was asked about Shaquille O'Neal as a rapper. He had some interesting comments, which you can hear at the beginning of the diss track. So we're gonna play. Shaquille O'Neal's diss track about on Dame Lillard. Listen to the way it plays out, and we're going to do a live demo, like a live listening session. Okay. Well, we will react to Shaq going in on Dame Lillard now. You think you got better music than Shaq? I think I rap better than Shaq. People were looking at it like it's a real rapper. It was like that Shaq rapping. 
All right, that was Dame right there. Uh, that's Dame right. The daddy has to come out of retirement and spank one of these undisciplined children. Now it's time to be disciplined. I'm trying to put up that belt. And we a little ass. Here we go. Yo, yeah, what's wrong with these little cats? I can tell they little. Listen to they little raps. Always got about they little max contract. Dame got a little money when it comes to Shaq. You see this flow? Got a little Hall of Fame on it. Dame shoot jumpers. Shaq still banging on it. on the MVPs. I mean, you can't really respond to this if you're Dame. Yeah, no, I don't know what good could come out of this if you're Dame. <laughs> no. like, what? I think you just hang it up. <laughs> yeah. Bow down to the goat. I mean, he goes at him calling him not Steph. Not like he... he. And here's the crazy part. I don't know that Dame said anything egregiously bad. I don't think he meant any ill will. I don't think he did. No. I think he was just saying, like, you know, people didn't really, in his estimation, people didn't really look at Shaq like a like a rapper. Right. Shaq clearly was offended. <laughs> yes. I, I don't. Do you? Don't, that's like ether right there. You remember oh. ether? Oh, yeah. Like, that's like that, the stuff he that went, makes your soul burn slow. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't think you do respond if you're Dame. Here's what I was asking Joey. We were listening to it the first time. Do you think that Shaq was really mad or do you think he just relished at the opportunity to slay him? And he's not really mad, but he's like, oh, I'm going to take this and kind of remind people who I am. And do you think Dame is going to be angry in response or do you think they're all laughing? I think that Shaq, but listen, when you start saying some of that stuff about Personal. Like, little cats rapping about your little max contracts and, yeah. you know, when he went on on a, you ain't got no championships and yeah. three no finals MVPs <laughs> and said he wasn't Steph or Russ, like that's real venom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I think he was serious. <laughs> Now, Shaq seems to always relish the opportunity, so right. I'm not saying that he didn't you know, see it and pounce on it, right. but I think but he was going in. Like, this isn't playful trash talk. Like, the way him and Barkley go out on set. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Like, it was, I'm really intrigued. I'm, what are you going to do, Dame? I hope he comes back at him. I would, I would, I would love be, to I, see it, but I don't know what he can go. Like, what's he going to go back? His diet? Like, he's fat? <laughs> like, I, I honestly don't know where you would attack him back. Maybe, like, I don't. I don't know about it. I don't know. That, that was, was like, hey, man, we were playing, bro. Why you had to go and do that? <laughs> exactly. Like, it was a joke, bro. Exactly. That, that escalated quickly. <laughs> it did all of a sudden, quick. you just sit there like a, And it was funny because the way he described it is the old man, like, I'm the old OG. Yeah. Coming at the young bucks. Like, he said he's going he to just, yeah. and get his belt out. Yeah, he, did, he basically did. Thank you. He took him, put him over his knee for sure. All right. We're <laughs> back on Canelo Bell tomorrow. More NBA, more football. See ya.